Alright guys, right before we start the episode, I just want to let you guys know, we finally have all of the merchandise up, it's ready to go, risenclothing.com, coordinate collection is out, uh, check it out, we really appreciate all the support, I don't want to take up too much of your time, so uh, check it out, again, risenclothing.com, and uh, here's the episode. Alright, what's up, welcome to, I, I don't know what episode this is, I'm losing count at this point, things are getting a little, a little hectic in our daily lives, so. I think it's six, episode six or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Six, yeah. Um, I'm really excited for this episode. I don't know about you. I'm uh, not. Okay, cool. Very good. <laughs> like, he's got, just for everybody, all the audio listeners, even the camera. No, 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 no. He has chat GPT <laughs> pulled up on his laptop next to me. I know he's about to do, be like, what is the definition of? <laughs> okay, here's my thing. You'll find out in a second, but the topic is the broadest topic that I have ever even talked about. I've never even talked about this topic. Interesting. Okay. So, I didn't find it that difficult, but I think he was... I, I think, I think it's because there. there's a lot there, it's yeah. hard to yeah. start. It's like, uh, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? But no one's going to start that crap because it's so big. <laughs> That's weird to just say that. I mean, I agree with you. It's just like that analogy. Yeah, we're going to move on. Um <laughs> So we're talking about spirituality. What is spirituality? I mean, it it's kind of an enigma. It's it's like talking about the conscious or uh, those sort of like how you feel, where your feelings come from. Like you can kind of try to um, say that there are neurons firing in your brain. Maybe you could say that there are uh, chemical balances in your brain that are producing these these feelings. Um, but I think to a large degree, it's it's an enigma to humankind. Like we don't really understand what spirituality is or at least um what it func- how it functions so uh i want to start off by defining it there's two definitions i found um first one for spiritual definition of spiritual it's relating to or affecting the human spirit or soul as opposed to material or physical things so i think that's a pretty analytical definition pretty like mm-hmm. observational um the second definition is a bit more like spiritual Unintended. Nice. Um, uh, it's relating to deep feelings and beliefs, especially religious beliefs. More abstract. More abstract. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um. So before we dive into, like, I have a few things here that I, I, a few subsections I want to get into, but, um, I'm just gonna ask, like, what, what does spirituality mean to you? Like, when you hear the word, what's something that you're immediately like, oh, boom, this is, this is spirituality. Okay. So obviously, I'm Christian, and yep. so. Spirituality is a word that is thrown around quite frequently, I feel. Yes. Like. Oh, yeah. By everybody. I'm a very spiritual person. Mm-hmm. I am very consistent with my Bible reading. In reality, yeah. I don't believe that is spirituality. I think okay. that people dismiss the spiritual realm. Uh, people dismiss that. Okay, so um, a lot of people will say um, we live in a spiritual world. And once again, this topic is difficult and very hard to ex- um, explain because it is an enigma to mankind. But um, if you ever like things like ghosts, mm-hmm. thing, uh, things that like spiritual beings, mm-hmm. um, like if an angel interceded or you saw an angel, you saw an angel. Like if you read the stories in the Bible, the amount of times angel Gabriel will come as the messenger. Right. Mm-hmm. That would be a spiritual that would be of spiritual realm. Miracles, supernatural activity. Okay. Any of that would be like um, analytically a spiritual thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so like. Or, or most importantly, the Holy Spirit. As Christians, we have the Spirit. It's not a, oh, we have a good conscience because we subscribe to the uh, moral teachings of Jesus. Right. 
it's there's the Holy Spirit in us and the things that we do are not us. They mm-hmm. are God through the Holy Spirit. Okay. Yeah. So when you think of the phrase like, um, I don't know, my spirits are high, like how does that relate to maybe what you're saying, the definition or you're not saying it's a definition, but how you perceive spirituality, you're saying it's, it's sort of this um, higher power, mm-hmm. this this realm that exists that kind of um, intercedes with our realm. Yeah. Um, what do you think that's different than someone saying my spirits are high? Like, do you think that there's, I think that in some cases, sure. Mm -hmm. But I think that it could actually closely relate to what the spiritual realm is. You think about, Mm -hmm. um, talk about enigma people Mm -hmm. that are joyous and homeless. Sure. Because a lot of people equate success to material wealth. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if you think about how the people that have nothing can still be the most joyful Mm -hmm. and they have an uplifted spirit, that doesn't make sense, right, inherently, yeah. because, you know, how could you be joyous if you're in a bunch of pain and illness? How could you right. be joyous if you don't have any money and you live on the streets and your dog died? Like, <laughs> right? Yikes. It's hard. To, I mean, yeah. yeah, it's like, um, no, you're, but it's yeah, because there is the spirit. Okay. And the spirit can uplift a human being. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, so when you, when you talk about the spiritual realm, I think that's like uh, specifically for atheists or people who maybe don't believe that the spirit is real or that there's such thing as spirit um how can you define that for me like that's an incredibly difficult question to answer um so no pressure (laughs) but what do you mean by spiritual realm like when you think of that what's coming to your head why 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 do you say it's a realm just kind of go into more depth about that so i say spiritual realm because it's still around us so okay. it's not something that you can see and some people don't even partake in it, but it is around us. Okay. So if you think about like the first, second, third, fourth dimension or whatever, yeah, we're in all those dimensions, right? Mm-hmm. But it's not something that you can necessarily, at least the fourth dimension or whatever, it's not something you can necessarily understand or put your hand on or whatever. Mm-hmm. Sure. So I kind of use that analogy when I think of spiritual realm in the sense that it is around us and it's something that we have to live in and learn how to live in and learn Learn that when you're getting tempted, okay, screw tape letters, for example. Yep. Literally, it's uh, C.S. Lewis mm-hmm. writing a book on uh, essentially demons and their thought process in tempting you. Mm-hmm. And so that obviously is all spiritual because the humans can't see the demons, but they're getting thoughts in their heads. They're getting these temptations to do things that aren't ethical. Okay. Um, so that to tap into that spiritual realm and understand that when you have a bad thought, when that's the spirit tempting you that's evil spirit tempting you Mm -hmm. um and then obviously not doing it uh yeah it's just a matter of tapping into the spirit but yeah you're right it's hard to understand or define or well yeah with it is it is truly like the definition of an enigma (laughs) like yeah can't really be understood um at least not now maybe one day in the future but so you you said um you referenced screw tape letters obviously and and you said Maybe, and this is a common trope that you see, specifically with like demons. Um, but you said that you know the bad thoughts that are coming in your brain—they're coming from a place. Why, why do you believe that, right? Like, um, I think a lot of people who say these things don't necessarily have like intrinsic evidence. They're not like, boom, here's a, st- a study that shows why demons are the ones putting the bad thoughts into my head. But I don't care as much about that. I'm more curious about why you personally believe it and follow that that doctrine. 
other than maybe just like you know the Bible and, and read that, of course. Right, but even even with the Bible, it's hard to like screw tape. Screw tape letters was far fetched. Mm, yeah, and it wasn't like this is how it goes. He was wasn't right. saying True. it was just kind of an imaginary um, glimpse into what possibly like devil devil mm-hmm. type creatures act. But mm-hmm. I don't. That's a yeah. That's a difficult question. Yeah. I don't I well I believe it because I've seen miracles. Okay. I believe it because I've seen spirit. Like Well, that's why you believe in the spiritual, but I'm asking more specifically maybe why do you believe that the evil also impacts? Oh, um b- because the evil is spirit. Like you talk about a spiritual warfare, which mm-hmm. is another term that's thrown around. Mm-hmm. It is good versus evil. There are mm-hmm. demons the same as there are angels. Right? Okay. Yeah. And that, I mean that's biblical evidence, but we know that. Mm-hmm. There is right and there is wrong. And that is consistent across all facets of life, mm-hmm. right? Sure. Yeah, I think I th- the more the reason I'm asking this more specifically is I think there's a lot of people out there who will uh, maybe deny the existence of spirit, or they will they'll ask you, you know, like, oh, is you, it, a lot of people view spiritual and even religion as a general topic as as an excuse for belief. Like something to put like higher power onto because yeah. you don't want to face the reality of the world. And I think, at least in my opinion, that's a misconception. Like I personally would find it much easier to not be religious, right? Like mm-hmm. there's a lot of, of, of rules and quotations um, that I follow because I care that I wouldn't have to if I didn't believe. Um, so yeah, what, what, what do you say to that? Uh, that question of like, hey, um, this is just an excuse for you to, place your bad thoughts on, to put the blame of your bad thoughts mm. onto someone else Why, how do you uh, refute that well well first off you can train yourself to not have bad thoughts right okay so firstly it, the accountability is still on us and the or more more specifically the responsibility it's okay. still on us to not have those thoughts it's still on us to not do those actions based on those thoughts right so although i do believe that demons are are tempting you, I mm-hmm. believe that they are very much in, in our power. And when I say our sure. power, I mean God's power. As long as yeah. we let the Holy Spirit cast out demons, right? Yeah. And just to clarify, sorry, you don't believe that necessarily all bad thoughts come from demons, right? Like, no, no. Yeah. Okay. I, mean, I just, no. I didn't no, think you did. We're but... all, once again, we're, we're also inherently sinful. Mm-hmm. So that's something to keep in mind. We're right. all evil people mm-hmm. automatically. Yeah. Um, And so, but, but yeah, the, I mean, Okay, so for example, actually, typically, the more righteous you are, the more adversaries that you'll they'll face. face. Yeah, sure. Right. So demons will will. Uh, here's a great example. I I don't know the names and I don't remember the exact reference, but it okay. was Paul, and there were these. Uh, no, it wasn't Paul. It was two people that were basically trying to imitate the, the amazing, mir- miraculous things that Paul did. Okay. Yeah. Um, but they, you know, they did not have the Holy Spirit, and they did not have the power that Paul had. Mm-hmm. And so they basically tried to perform an exorcism. It's in the Bible. They okay. cast out. They tried to cast out demons, and this is what the demons said. They said, oh, I know Jesus, mm. and I know Paul, but I, I don't know who you are. Right. Um, and then they completely destroyed those two people. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but, Moral of the story. <laughs> right. But it puts in perspective, like, the more you actually do try to come to terms with your or the more you try to have a close relationship with God mm-hmm. and let the Holy Spirit guide you the more you're actually going to have demons um attack you 
Sure. A lot of us, most yeah. of us, demons, Satan doesn't know us. He's not worried. Right. He's not worried about us. Yeah. Um. So, so yeah, I don't believe that demons will will try to tempt everybody because people can do it on their own. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Um. Kind of shifting from the religious topic, which I think is, I mean, very important. Like that's where spirituality becomes maybe the most prevalent mm-hmm. is in religion. But um, I want to talk about psychedelics because this is, I, I think, a big part of um, people's realization into the, the realm of, of spirituality and um, maybe even a gateway in some ways. So I, I'm just going to read a, this is a, a peer-reviewed study from, a, I think it was a PubMed article or, or National Library of Medicine just peer-reviewed. Um, this is just an excerpt from some of the abstract, but uh, occasional experiences interpreted as personal encounters with God are well-described but have not been systematically compared. In this study, five groups of individuals participated in an online survey with detailed questions characterizing the subject phenomena, so psychedelics and, and God, is, et cetera. Uh, and then it studied the, the phenomena, interpretation, and persisting changes attributed to their single most memorable God encounter experience. Um, a bunch of drugs are listed that I'm not going to try to name, things that they took. Um, and then more than 50%, and this is what I think is really interesting, more than 50% of the subjects reported some sort of spiritual experience, something they would describe as spiritual. Um, and th- this is in- really powerful to me. Uh, more than two-thirds of those who identified as atheists before no longer identified as atheists after. Hmm. So they went from atheists to believing, not necessarily in Christianity, but some sort of religion. They're like, something's got to exist after these psychedelic experiences. So um, I personally don't plan on using psychedelics in my lifetime, but this evidence seems pretty convincing. And I want to ask you specifically, after having uh, read some of the abstract of that study, do you believe that it can be a gateway and a good thing? Or do you believe that Maybe it's it's inherently not good to do that because to some people who need evidence, and and yeah, there are some people who have a really hard time just putting blind faith, if if you will, um, and spirituality. But this seems to give some like pretty intrinsic like you see things, you know. Um, what is your opinion on that? You think that well, so first off, I don't know what the drugs were. I don't know what they do. I don't know what the origin of them. Mm-hmm. So it's like. I mean, were, was it was it spiritual experiences or are they delusional because they just took a bunch of chemically changing drugs? Sure, sure. I mean, so LSD, DMT, those are two of the ones. There, there are some other ones in there that have like actual medical names that I I, I can't try to pronounce. Um, sure, yeah, I I can understand where you're coming from, but even the, the existence of I guess maybe you would define spirituality different than the, these people would. Right. So, okay. Yeah. Right. Because spirituality is a fight mm. to an extent. It's mm-hmm. not just handed to you. So part of part of tapping in to the Holy Spirit is telling this to take t- to take like you know back seat. Right. Right. Sure. To putting your your mind because the mind Bible talks about it, and I, I'll try to pull up verses after this. But the okay. the mind is actually the workplace of the devil. The devil works in the mind. And so to throw to to take to tell your mind to take back seat and choose the Holy Spirit and to choose your spirit, some people would even consider it to sometimes be your gut instinct or your mm-hmm. conscience, mm-hmm. right? To choose that is the battle that we have to face every day. So I, 
I don't know. Drugs could be perceived as either just delusion or a shortcut to something that we need to struggle with on our own to actually come to the conclusion that God wants us to have. Interesting. Okay. So so you're, generally speaking, not... Yeah. I mean, for, generally speaking, I'm not for drugs in any way, right, right. shape, or form. So, yeah, sure. I, yeah I, I don't... To be honest, I'm very ignorant on on psychedelics, but Same from, from yeah. this abstract, I probably not. Yeah, right. And I think that um, the, the convi- this this honestly does lend to a convincing argument that a lot of, uh, I would say, maybe progressive Christians try to pitch, which is that, you know, God made it, put it on earth, and and uh, and clearly it, it's it's opening some people's eyes. How can it be bad? Um, it's interesting, right? You hear this this argument like, uh, how can anything natural be bad, right? Like God, especially Christians, if God created it, how could it be bad? And then you look at like the sun and and all of the other natural. I mean, there's so many cancer. Like these are things that naturally occur. Yeah, that well, are bad. So some would make arguments against against that, and that's a whole nother conversation. Yes, some would. Yeah, 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 yeah. but 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 large, there are things on yeah. earth that are not good for us that are natural. Right, not inherently. So most, th- I would say, okay. So here's an interesting philosophy. I don't believe that there is bad inherently. I think that everything that exists is inherently good, and it can just be perverted. And that's what Satan okay. does. He just takes good and perverts it into evil. So, so my question is then. To follow that up, you know, psychedelics are good. They're being perverted. Are they perverted in the sense that um, they were perverted at the Garden of Eden after they had ate the fruit and sin entered the world? Or are they perverted um, nowadays in the way that we use them and things like that? Like, Where well, along the line have they been perverted? A lot of, well, first off, a lot of those drugs aren't natural. Sure. I'm, I, I mean more like mushrooms, right? Okay, those sure. Those are some yeah, psychedelics yeah. that might be... Yeah. That's difficult. I don't. Yeah, it is. That's hard because it's like where yeah. where is the spot for that? Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe it's maybe an animal of some kind needs it. Well, okay, like, so that's fair. Like I'm not saying they don't have a, a use case, right? Because everything right. is created beautifully and wonderfully. But right. like there are poisonous things on this planet. We are not meant to eat those poisonous things. There are berries right, that yeah. are not. Well, so that's part of the perversion. It's like when you take a, an expo marker that is that is used to communicate things to other people mm-hmm. via writing. And then you sniff it to get a hop or whatever. <laughs> it's like that's yeah. a perverted ver- use of that utensil that that was given to us. Sure. Okay. Oh, yeah. Then I can agree with your premise. I suppose I should be more specific and say not everything is meant to be consumed. <laughs> yeah, I would agree with that. <laughs> you can't argue there. Be more specific. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's something that I don't know a lot about. I know the, the Jesus Revolution that I watched that film. Uh, man, it must have been like six months ago, right around when it came out. Um, that kind of opened my eyes into this because there's a whole movement, of course. Uh, you've seen it, right? Mm-hmm. There's a whole movement of Christians essentially functioning like this, where they were like, took psychedelics, took you know LSD, DMT, all of these different medications or previously drugs. though, previously, right? Yeah. So they knew that something existed, right? And and kind of opened the door, and then of course these churches were like. They believe something. We got to let's give them some of the truth. Um, and there was some blowback of old church believers who were like these hippies yeah, yeah, need to right. get out of our church. But exactly. um, it, it opened the door, and it really it was a revolution, right? Christianity, you know, spiked. There's way more Christians nowadays, and I you could argue maybe they weren't real Christians, right? Lukewarm, etc. But um, I mean, we Christianity is meant to be known across the whole globe. So mm-hmm. despite like yeah, the lukewarm is a very bad situation, but. The fact that Christianity got out right. kind of opens the door for a stronger faith. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, I think it, it's just interesting, and 
like I, I said, I and you said, you know, we both don't, I think, know a lot about psychedelics. I don't think we either plan on taking psychedelics either. So we may be limited in our overall knowledge throughout our whole life. But um, so yeah, in that in that movie, the psychedelics showed like how, they showed, it, it showed that oh wow spirituality. But yeah. then at the same time, it was like first off, it was an addiction, right? And second off, they ended up having no joy. Mm-hmm. They ended up the fulfillment that they got was very transient. Yeah. And it was it was short lived, and and then they were back to where they started mm-hmm. with nothing, no spirituality, no higher purpose, right? Nothing. So it's temporary, right? For sure, yeah. So would, it yeah. did open the door for. I guess that's what God used. God used it for good, right? He uses mm-hmm. bad things for good all the time. Sure, he used right. that to open the door to Him. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that you know that's a means to an end. Like I don't think yeah. that we should go take psychedelics so that we can um, believe that there's the devil. Like I don't think yeah. that that's a good course of action. Sure, sure, and I, I, I can agree with that personally. Um, moving, moving on to religion, because um, obviously I think spirituality is really prevalent, prevalent here, and I think that this probably lines up with how we define it a little bit better. But um, there are over four thousand different religions, which I thought is really interesting, and all of them, in some capacity or another, believe in spirituality or the spirit. Um, everything requires belief. Um, which kind of in another way could be synonymous with spirituality. Just the idea of belief in something that you cannot see that, that some people could say, you know, Oh, that, that's a spiritual thing. Um, if you believe in the Bible, the spirit is all around us. It's not. Uh, and that's why personally, I, I do really love the use case of spiritual realm. Mm-hmm. It's very, uh, I, I, this is abstract idea, but when I think of it, I, I think of like maybe Doctor Strange or the Upside Down or something like that, where they're they're sort of mirror versions of what we see um, that we can't see, but they exist. Yeah. They're not like fake, um, but there you know there are things happening that we cannot see that have directly affect the real world. Right, and a- yeah, have a- actual effects. Yeah, yeah, that's not like some voodoo garbage. Like it actually will move the world in ways. Um, and and obviously, as Christians, we believe it's everywhere. So I think it, it to me it only makes sense, and this is like I said, abstract idea that it maybe not doesn't actually function like this, but it makes sense that it's literally just a different dimension of the world, right? Because it's duplicated essentially. Um, I mean, here's a quote: uh, "quote But the fruit of the spirit of joy, the spirit of is love." Oh, okay, I'm I butchered that. We're gonna try again. <laughs> but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Galatians five twenty two. Right, gentleness and self control. Last yeah. ones, yeah, sure, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Different translation. <laughs> I um, hope not. Yeah. <laughs> those are important. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so th- those are fruits of the spirit, right? So, what do you think it means by fruits of the spirit? We've defined spirit as maybe a realm. We've defined it as perhaps a consciousness as well. Yeah. What do you think it's referring to here? Like, how do I get mm. the fruits of the spirit? Right. So you think about like, um, okay, so, you, so it's difficult. Okay, you think, well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you think about the verse that says you shall know them by your fruits, mm-hmm. meaning they're kids, right? Yeah. And works, terms, things like work. that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Sure. So fruits are the product of something. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. So when you think about that, you think of fruits of the spirit, the product of the spirit. Mm-hmm. So by by having that connection with the Holy Spirit, by letting the Holy Spirit guide you is a better way of saying it. Mm-hmm. The product will be these fruits, and because those are the fruits of the Holy Spirit, right? 
the Holy Spirit produces love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, right? Um, But we have to let the Holy Spirit produce that within us and and let us be a vessel for for the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. to produce those those fruits. Sure, yeah. And it is important to to specify Spirit is capitalized, meaning thus Holy Spirit, part of the Trinity. Mm -hmm. So it's not saying that fruit of your spirit is love it's saying the fruit of the ultimate spirit which is yeah. the holy spirit bears these things and like you said i agree that when you follow it you know without question right just just kind of blind faith mm-hmm. that's when those fruits are bared yeah for sure um another interesting biblical kind of quote here uh G- even when jesus was baptized by john you see this quote uh, after his baptism as jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. And a voice from the heavens said, This is my dearly loved Son, who brings me great joy. End quote. Uh, that's Matthew 3.16 to 17, New Living Translation. But Yeah, because that's um, not, I was like, oh, there's a... It's different, it's different. But I, I thought that the words used here, it's not far off from the actual, like the KJV. Yeah, yeah, in terms I, of content, same thing. Yeah. Right, but I preferred the words that were used in this translation because... I think they just fit our conversation a bit better here, but um, what do you when you say like the heavens were split open and this the, the dove descended on him? What what does that? How does that relate to the spirit? Like, how do you think that those two connect, and and why do you think there's significance here? Obviously, you know, it happened. <laughs> so why do you think? Right. So well, so first off, with the birth or with the baptism of Christ. Mm-hmm. And interesting, you it's interesting because you see all three persons of the Trinity. You see the Father mm-hmm. saying, this is my son. You see the dove, which mm-hmm. signifies the Holy Spirit. Right. And was the Holy Spirit according to the Bible. Yeah. And then you see, um, obviously, Jesus is the one getting dunked, right? He's yeah. the one getting baptized. So mm-hmm. it's interesting to f- firstly see all three persons of the Trinity. Mm-hmm. But specifically for the Spirit, um, I mean, well, to be honest, I think that is the significance. The fact that all th- it shows the Holy Spirit is very present, like it exists, mm-hmm. and it and it's led by God, and it okay. is God. Yeah. I, so the significance is that in that verse, the Holy Spirit was there, and that was, the, I, it wasn't the first time, but this was before the Holy Spirit was open to us. It was mm-hmm. before the curtains were split in two. It was before right. that we could have access to the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So to see the Holy Spirit in action for all those people before Christ dying. Right. And now is pretty impactful. You, sure. you mentioned the Trinity. Um, and I just want to briefly touch on this because it's an incredibly deep topic that could span a lifetime. <laughs> but, you know, what are the roles of the Trinity? Like, it's a, obviously a very spiritual idea. The three are connected and one yet different. Um I want to focus specifically on the spirit. We kind of understand Jesus's role. We obviously know, or we we understand Jesus's role. We understand God's role, but this the Holy Spirit's role. I think is it's actually something I don't see talked about a lot, like like prayer to the Holy Spirit, right? Or um, what's it? What is its function in the Trinity, and how does that serve God and us at the same time? And I'm curious what your opinion on that is. So first off, there are prayers to all three. Sure. Right. There's a time and a place. Right. Yeah. For for all three, because mm-hmm. all of them are God, but they all are distinct. Mm-hmm. Which so it, it's very, it's very hard to. It's such a complicated 
So essentially, like there was always God. Well, there's always all three. Right. But Jesus was begotten of the Father, mm-hmm. and and I believe that the Holy Spirit interceded from the Father. Yeah. So the the role of the Father was, you know, He's the Father. He created all things, and then the role of the Son was, um. I mean, I guess the role that He played in in our lives yeah. was that He gave us the salvation. Salvation, right? Yeah. And the Holy Spirit is is what we need in us it is god's presence in us mm-hmm. to receive that salvation okay but yeah, I don't, that's, that's it's, a difficult question it is yeah. i mean and, and part of the reason you said you know you said jesus was begotten which he was but he also always existed in the sense that he is the word jesus is the word and it right. says specifically jesus is the word now i think it also says god is the word well, yes, yeah, in the beginning was are, the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Yeah, but there's another verse in the New Testament that specifically talks about Jesus being the Word. I, I think what happens here is this is why this is why it's a trinity, right? Like there are times in the Bible where they're one thing; it refers to them synonymously, almost. Yeah. Um, and then there are times in the Bible where they are distinct, like you said, where they they serve their own purpose and they have a, a destiny, so to speak, yeah. to fulfill. And um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think that the Spirit's role is really just to, to to intercede, like you said, between God and man. Right. Like, you can't, I mean, we know from Old Testament, you can't look at God. He's too glory. I mean, he's, there's too much glory there. He's too great. We can't really, like, just directly communicate with him like we could, like I can with you. Um, Jesus helped bridge that gap as well. But even in, like, Old Testament times and new, now in New Testament, um, Spirit operated as the, the interceder, the person who could communicate information in a way that wouldn't kill the recipient. <laughs> right, yeah, that's true. And yeah. like nowadays with Jesus, it's a, it's a way for us to connect with the Son and the Father, right? Because the Spirit is what connects us all. So, I don't know, I feel like that might be one of the main roles of the Spirit. And obviously, like you said, there are prayers to go that for the Spirit versus for Jesus and, and the Father. Yeah. Um, the Holy yeah. Spirit is, yeah, it's in us. That's what that's right. the difference. Like And around us. It's it's right. it's everywhere all the time. It's omnipotent, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, this is another one. We're talking a lot about the Bible, but I, I do want to bring in some other religions here. Um one other religion I should say. Um quote The Holy Spirit has brought it, the Quran, down from your Lord, truthfully, to assure those who believe and provide a beacon and good news for the submitters. Uh I'd quote Quran sixteen one oh two. Um so even the Quran subscribes to the Holy Spirit, which honestly I'm not I'm not too well versed in, in the Islamic belief. Don't want to try to pretend like I know what I'm talking about because I really don't Yeah, I but, mean me neither. But even like I don't have quotes of this, but even you know, Hinduism, Buddhism, all of those things have some form of spirituality in them, even if it's like reincarnation, right? There's there's spirit operating. Oh yeah, for sure. So it's interesting to see the kind of direct connections between all of these and now they all kind of lead back to one point which is that the spirit is real one way or another whether you believe in the spirit the quran talks about the spirit the bible talks about the spirit the mushrooms tell you (laughs) the spirit the hindus tell you whatever it is it it exists and i think it's at least from the research that i've done it's it's pretty irrefutable like it there's evidence yeah there's so there's so much evidence that there is a spirit. That's the thing. There's so much evidence of a higher creator. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of who is he? Right. Yeah. What is Learning it? who he is. Right. Yeah. Sure. Um, so I, that kind of brings us like, what's the point of, of this conversation? What was the goal? Um, 
what's some of the significance. So we can confirm that at least to some level of extent, the spiritual things exist, like I just said, um, and even maybe the spiritual realm, right? Like a, a secondary sort of dimension, if you will. Um, and we can understand the possibility of evil existing in there, right? Because like you kind of said before, I also subscribe to the belief that all good is just, uh, all evil is just perverted good, right? It's just right. rotten good. So um, you have to imagine that evil would exist in this realm as well. If if the Holy Spirit or some, some good thing can intercede us, then why wouldn't something bad be able to as well? Um, so basically what all that jargon means is I'm talking about demons. <laughs> Like, right, right. I'm just, I'm talking about, and you can, th- those can be defined in so many different ways and so many different religions, but I'm talking about some sort of evil being that does not have your best interest at heart, your true best interest at heart. Um, and then, so there's this, this really great two hour interview. I, I'm going to, I'm going to link it in the description cause I'm, I'm going to read from it and tr- try to summarize it, but I just recommend you watch it cause I'm going to butcher some of the stories here for sake of time. Um, it's on the Michael Knowles show. It's an interview with Joshua Zatkoff, I believe is his name. Um, go watch it. I'll, I, like I said, I'll link it in the description. It's, it's worth a watch. Um, a lot of great information there. Really opened my eyes. But um, he's a Christian. So he was a troubled kid. He grew up not the best environment, though he had his parents, um, and they seemed to care about him in a lot of ways. He expressed that he always had interest in substances like marijuana, mushrooms from a young age. Uh, he said he started smoking weed around the age of 13 and ended up in rehab center for substance abuse around the age of 16. These are rough ages. I don't remember them perfectly. But uh, Luckily, his parents cared enough about him to send him to the rehab, though it didn't seem to make much of a difference. In fact, in some ways, it got worse for him. By the time he was in his 20s, he had taken his substance abuse to a new level, partaking in anything that would give him the feeling that he had first felt when he smoked weed. Um, that feeling was bliss, the world melting away, as though none of the stresses in life existed, right? In this foolish pursuit, he ended up trying things like heroin, like he went off the deep end here um, and higher doses of weed and mushrooms you know, continuing just you build tolerances right so he just wanted to feel that thing again and again and again and it just kept going um, during some of these trips he described seeing these things called light beings um, and that's really abstract so just bear with me <laughs> because it this is really this is an abstract story and idea right like it's hard to describe in words but um, these light beings seem to have given him some sort of insight about things in life, whether it be self-reflection or some sort of philosophical ideology. It just seemed to help him. Um, they would tell him how to solve his problems, give him a level of yeah, introspection. Um, he felt like these light beings had his best interests at heart, so he continued to take these substances just to see them again, right? He wanted to continue to, to be with these people because he felt they had given him something. Um he eventually was so fed up with this toxic loop of taking the substances, being connected to these beings, feeling like a good, just like a valued essentially, and um, and then coming down off the high and feeling like garbage, um, that he did try to take his own life. Um, I'm not going to describe in vivid detail what happened. Again, watch the Michael Knowles show, the actual thing. He goes into detail about all of the experiences and um, I recommend that because it gives context to the story in a really interesting way. But um, he began to fade away, and he saw someone who called himself Jesus. This man pulled him out of this situation, and he woke up in his home. So for context, he did not try to take his own life in his home. Very different place. And he did not do it in a way where he could get out. 
So he woke up at home, bruising around the neck, things like that. And then just because he was curious how that happened, he went back to where he tried to do it to see if things happened, things changed, and they didn't. Like everything was the way it was. He just wasn't there anymore. So um, that gave him some sort of context into the Christian religion. Um, after this, though, he did think that maybe this had something to do with light beings. Maybe they kept him alive. So he continued to take drugs, hoping to gain more information. Sadly, he didn't get any, of course. Um, sometime later, he ended up at a Christian halfway house, which is kind of like a Christian rehab center. But they had very strict rules. You know, you read the Bible at this time. You don't take drugs. It's very uh, regimented. Um, and he began to read scripture, of course. He stopped abusing substances and started to pray, grow a relationship with God. After some time and alleged miracles he performed for many people, he truly felt as though uh, he was leading the church and being a vessel for God. Now, that was over the span of quite a long time, like probably three years. And at this point, he's married, um, continuing to sort of, he didn't, he, he worked the bare minimum to be able to pay for life. And then he would spend all of his extra time doing ministry. Like he said, you know, he claimed he performed many miracles, went to homeless places, things like this, helped people out. Um, but sometime after that, one of his old friends who he kept around um, brought in a bag of mushrooms when they were when they were hanging out. Um, and one night he decided, what's the worst that could happen? So he took them. He said that part of the reason he did this was because he felt a little bit disconnected from that, that high that you get when you first convert. And I don't think people don't talk about that often, but it does happen when you first yeah. come into a religion. You are like on cloud nine. You you feel like you have this like new moral compass. You feel rejuvenated. You feel like there's new meaning. And then it, as you continue on, it gets harder. That mm -hmm. fades. The sort of shiny effect of religion fades, and and you've got to deal with the hard stuff. And he started to deal with that. Um, so he grabbed some mushrooms and said, you know, what's the worst that could happen? So he took them. Um, he said when he took them, he started to panic. He could feel sort of an evil spirit again, kind of like those light beings. Um, and then he told himself, looking in the mirror, I'll be fine. Mushrooms can't kill me. And he said he heard this, quote, um, you're the voice of Jesus and said, quote, do I not have the power to stop your heart right now? End quote. So. After that, he flew into like a spiraling panic, struggling to breathe. Um, he, he was amidst this sort of spiritual war. Um, and he said that, and this is this is the part where it gets really abstract. So he said he was at the kingdom of God, the actual kingdom of heaven. And at this kingdom of heaven, um, he saw these light beings. Now, over the time since he started seeing them, and, and now he, he realizes that they were demonic, that they weren't who they said they were, that they didn't have the best interest at heart, et cetera, especially because they encouraged him to continue to come back to those substances. Mm -hmm. We're hurting him. Um, and these these light beings are pleading with God to hand him over, to let the demons have their way with him. Um, basically, then Jesus steps in and says, no, he's mine. Joshua looked at Jesus in the eye and essentially goes through a really complicated experience and snaps out of his near-death experience again. So that complicated experience to kind of summarizes um, seeing him and seeing the world in a new way and seeing the kingdom. He felt as though he wasn't worthy at looking at him, so he flew back um, 
he said that the kingdom was walled off in many areas, kind of like the temple, the Holy of Holies, and at the center was God and Jesus in this court. And he, after he looked at Jesus and Jesus said this, he realized he wasn't at the holy place, so he flew back outside of the kingdom, like at the gate, and was like, I'm not worthy. Um, and something that's kind of important to realize is this was kind of a lucid dream in a way. He was able to understand what was happening and control him. And when I say flew back, I mean it was instant. It wasn't like he walked away. Like It was all kind of very spiritual, right? Um, kind of this entire complicated story to explain that the devil is more than happy to give you good advice to keep you like, cause it can be genuine good advice. Like you can prosper on earth. That's how good the advice can be. Um, but in the end he wants to serve himself. He doesn't really care about like, cause to him, it doesn't matter whether you're like a billionaire on earth or a, whatever to him. He's like, I just want him to go to hell. Right. right. That's the devil's goal. And God is, is in a similar sense. He doesn't really care about what you do on earth. He just wants you to have eternal salvation um so it's, it's extremely difficult to navigate the difference between the devil right and god because a lot of christians like to believe that god will provide and and he will but there's an there's a an extent there like there's a line where it's like you have to understand is he providing for you or are you wishing this was god providing for you is this not him and this is where things get incredibly complicated as christians because you have to start discerning discerning spirit right you have to start understanding the difference between the Holy Spirit and the spirits of devil and Satan and, and understanding the voice of God versus the voice of the devil because both of them can tell you very, very similar things and you've got to be able to discern. And the only way to do that, as far as I know, is by building a relationship, right? It's only way you're going to know is like you just have to learn. Like like with you, I know when you're happy. I know when you're sad. I know because we've built a relationship. It's very similar. I need to understand and in some sense, the mannerisms God has and and how he's going to interact with me so I can understand his voice, right? Yeah, I mean, so, yeah, to a degree, I mean, this goes back to motive. Yeah, Once sure. again, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, I can take this job opportunity. I'll make quite a bit of money. Mm-hmm. What's your motive? Sure. Do you? Th- do, so, It's interesting because I think there's a little bit more nuance here than Maybe we both expect, but I, I, I think even your motive could be good, like not monetary, and it could, and it could still be from the devil because, yeah, but but okay, here here's another thing. What what's the devil's goal? No, I'm mean, I'm not even talking about our motives. Yeah, as humans, I'm talking about Satan's motive. His motive is to pull you away from God so that he can have you forever in hell. Right, right. That's essentially the motive, right? Yeah, uh, to pull as many people away from God so that God can't have his way. Because he is an evil being, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. So, with that in mind, okay, yeah, it sounds like really good advice to do this, this, and this. Mm-hmm. But where does it put you in respect to your faith? Because Satan's yeah. not going to. Well, I mean, Satan's not going to bring you to some church, right? Or well, some good. Ch- well, actually, yeah. that's not true. I, <laughs> I was going to say. Well, you can argue that, like, maybe Satan puts you in a church that's just not that's not teaching you the right doctrine, or right. Yeah. that wants you to be just in a lukewarm your whole entire life mm-hmm. um but but satan's not satan doesn't actually have your interest in heart as a matter of fact he has the opposite of that he wants you to fail mm-hmm. and the only thing he has in mind is what is what does god want for you well so i i might disagree in the sense that i don't know that he necessarily wants you to fail i think what he wants to happen and and it's nuanced like we've been saying but he wants you to believe you're close 
to God and not be in a lot for some people. Yeah, right. I I think for a lot. I I think at least for Christians, that's his goal. Like, um, I mean, honestly, like sometimes, I, I'll honestly, oh, for anybody that cares, sometimes he gets people just because you know they don't care. Like the I live in life to live life. Well, but they're not. No, I mean, there's a lot of people that, that, I mean, for example, like, for example, people believe that you know your faith is set, right? Or your salvation set. You just have sure. to believe once your salvation set. Yeah. And you don't have to do anything along the way. And you're mm-hmm. set for salvation. Like, those people just don't care. Like, they don't have to care and they find a wo- they found a way not to care. Mm-hmm. And so they just live their life. I think that, I'm not going to say they're not Christian because I don't know. I don't think that that lines up biblically, right? Like, someone who just believes those things and is like, eh, it's fine. Well, can you perfectly line up biblically and actually, and the devil be winning? No, no, you wouldn't line up perfectly, but that's my point is I think he'd make you believe you were. That's the target, right? Like he wants, because the moment you realize you're not following the Bible is the moment there's some sort of like subconscious, like maybe I shouldn't be doing this. He doesn't want you to think that ever. So he wants you to think like, I'm a good Christian. I'm following it really well. I'm devout and doing my devotional. Like he, he's okay with you reading. He's okay with you doing the, right, right. the, the habits that are good. He doesn't care because in fact, in some way that that makes his deceit that much more valuable, right? If you could, if you're, if he's able to drag you down while you're reading the Bible, while you're praying, while you're going to church, like what can save you at that point? It's it's self realization at that point. You have to just pray. There's got to be the Holy well, Spirit to come the save lukewarm you. Faith, though. It, right, but that's my point. Is like he, I, he, he loves the lukewarm. He loves the people who are claiming to be Christians who think that they're good Christians, but. Well, that's reality. The thing. I, I really don't know. Like that's that's difficult because I don't yeah. think that people think they're good Christians. I you, them. I think it depends. I I think me and you, and this is just anecdotal. I think we're really blessed to be around people who are willing to admit their um, shortcomings. Well, no, I'm not. I'm not talking. I'm talking a more in the sense that I don't. I don't believe that the people that he's gonna get or ultimately have achieved in bringing down mm-hmm. believe that they're good Christians. You don't. I mean, in most cases, I feel like I. I don't know, because then again, you do think like, okay, pride. Pride is the root of all evil. Mm-hmm. And when and when and when you're secure, right, secure and founded and believe that you have it all right and you figured it out and you you got it down and that that is a way that Satan tricks you. Mm-hmm. So that's true. But I feel like in a lot of cases, like these mega churches. That's like the Satan's. That's Satan's tool. Well, okay, so yeah, this is this is something that I'm thinking about here. Is like, which one do you think is more damaging to the kingdom of God? The maybe some radical beliefs, we'll just say, <laughs> some beliefs that don't align with us. Like, it could be anything. Abortion, for example. I'll just I'll just use that as an example. I'm not making any opinions. I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying. Maybe he uses some that that discourse. Do you think that discourse damages the church more than a pastor who has influence and pe- who people believe is a good person and he believes he's leading a good church, but the devil's actually influencing him to lead people away? No, I think that that's probably more damaging, sure. right? Yeah, and I th- I just think that 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 is the case a lot of the time. But are, is that person actually pursuing the Lord? Well, no, he's not, right? Obviously, he's not. But does he think he is? That's the question. Is like, does it, it's his mind telling him? Because it's hard, right? Like, 
there have been times, some of the times where I feel the most disconnected is when I'm reading the most. I'll read the Bible every morning. I'll be like devout. I'll pray before every meal. I'll be, I could even be fasting. Like I could be doing all of these things. And I feel so disconnected from my faith, except I think that I'm doing good. That's the danger, right? So is, what's the solution to that? How, well, first off, how are you? Do, I've not felt that. It's the exact opposite. The more I do, the more I read, the more I fast, mm-hmm. the more I have God on my mind way less disconnected well so i i have him on my mind i'm not saying that it's like the more that i do it the more i'm tempted to sin well i'm not so here's the thing that's it's then it's pride pride is the issue yeah it, yes i think in the end it is you're so it's not I disconnected agree. because you because you're doing those things it's disconnected because you know you're doing those things and you're proud of the fact that you're doing those things and you feel like you don't need to be doing more well I, but i think that the I think that the devil likes to solidify your belief in that you're doing enough, right? Yes, I th- He wants to keep you at a point where you're, you're... He wants you to be doing things that are good. And then he wants you to think that that's it, that you're good, you're chilling. That's why... For some, once again, like because then you also have the people that are completely off the rails. He's won those over too. Well, right. I'm not saying that this is his main... Like he attacks everyone in that he can in, in a bunch of different ways because yeah. everyone has different weaknesses. But, um, I mean, this is why you see so many churches that are, and I'm not going to, I'm not dissing them. I'm just saying you see churches that talk about, um, you know, immediate salvation, believe in Jesus Christ and you're saved. Yep. And there, and you can never fall out of it. Yeah. You're permanently saved because you proclaim Jesus as your savior. And you truly believed at one point you're set for the eternity. Right. And those, that's the target because they're people who can who, who may those people may know the Bible really well. They may be able to quote verses better than oh yeah, they get, both oh, of us combined. But is, oh yeah, and that's that's his like I think that's what really damages the kingdom. Agreed. I don't oh, yeah. think it's the like I know what you're saying where he, you're saying he targets other people and I agree, but I don't think that's what damages the kingdom as much. It can, but it's it's the it's the inside attack. Yeah, no, that's true. Well, he he tries to do as best as he can. He's a deceiver, right? So he tries yeah. to do as best as he can to damage the kingdom but part of that is by okay here's another thing to think about you have a group of people that believe and are strong christians and actually have a good foundation Mm -hmm. the people we're lights into the hill Mm -hmm. we can light up a whole room right we can't yeah right because a light in a room can fill up the whole room right yeah one light bulb so that's how powerful true believers are that's how powerful being a light is yeah Right. But then you get thrown into an environment where there's just dead, there's just sin, mm-hmm. there's just terror. I mean, that's just as damaging to the kingdom because that person that could have potentially come to God grew up in a society that was all bad, grew up in a society mm-hmm. that there was no cultivation of higher morals or any ethics or any spirit. I think, yeah, and I think just as easily as we can be lights to a room, we can also suck the light out of a room, specifically as Christians. Because. Yeah. We do have this, um, you know, I was reading, I think it was 1 Timothy 4.12. Yeah, 1 Timothy 4.12, it talks about how to lead your ministry. So, leading by example, things like that. Um, Because we wear the armor of God, because we have the coat of his name surrounding us, right? We're Christians. We represent him to some extent, Um we can just as easily damage the church as much as we could help it. In fact, I think we can damage it 
it's much easier to damage it than it is to help it. Yeah, oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. And like I've, a traitor. Like how much is a how much more worth is a double agent to just a soldier in another army? Like a spy, mm-hmm. right? In to one army would be much more damaging to just a soldier in your army. Right. Exactly. And and I think that's kind of the 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 devil's game here is like. I mean, not to get too denominational, but there's, I mean, you see it with the the amount of, we look at the amount of religions. I don't even think that's considering all of the different denominations of each religion. Oh, no, no, definitely not. There's just religions. Thousands of just Christian denominations. Yeah, oh yeah. And it's like, at one point, at the foundation of the church, it was the church, right? It was one thing. And now we're at the point where it's, so many different things, and everyone is very sensitive about them being allowed to believe what they believe. It's personal and like leave me alone, that type of thing. Um, and they have they have some moral ground there. there. To some extent, that's true, but to some extent, right? Like he very easily came in, created discourse, and split things up. And and I think he's going to continue to do that yeah. in a lot of ways. And I think I mean, we can that's see scary it. is like okay. The revelation says there's going to be an elect few, mm-hmm. elect few of Christians right. that last. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it's not many. The whole two million Christians that or two billion Christians that we have right now, that's not an elect few. That's one fourth of the population of the world. Right. So you have to, like, I mean, yeah, yeah. The people you think are, they're not because Satan has won, even though it looks like they've got it all figured out. So right. It's true. It's yeah. It's incredibly difficult and nuanced, and I think that. It's sort of the takeaway for this whole this whole episode is is bringing light to the situation of like it's real it should it should be something it should be on your mind right and and you need to be aware of how to navigate and not that we know the exact way to navigate but that you just understand its existence and I think just yeah. the, the acknowledgement of hey man evil exists and and things are trying to make me make decisions that I don't want to make right. um well, so it's the whole picture. You. It's in constant pursuit of that spirituality. Mm-hmm. So constant pursuit to let the Holy Spirit guide you, right? And then you throw away every single ounce of pride that is in your veins. Right. Because that's what the devil uses. Mm-hmm. Pride is the root of all evil. It's said by C.S. Lewis, and every day there's a new application. And J. Cole. J. Cole oh, said pride well, is the devil. Did he? Yeah. It's a great oh, yeah. song. Pride is the devil. Yeah. We're going to get copyright strike. We Actually... Neither of those were good enough for them to know what we were trying to sing. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. You can't get us. We have terrible yeah. voices. That wasn't even the right key. <laughs> um, yeah. And I think even for uh, people who are atheists or maybe don't subscribe to a certain religion, even they can take something away from this video in the sense that, guys, it exists. I recommend doing your own research about why it exists. Maybe don't take shrooms to figure out why it exists, but just do some research. There's some cool but studies out there. Definitely not. <laughs> Definitely do not, especially after the whole Michael Knowles situation. Yeah, that that one was that's rough. I encourage you guys to watch that as well, for real. Um, I, and you know, I think above all else, yeah, I hope that this brings light to it, something that I don't think is talked about very often. I don't think that the the spiritual realm and the evils at play are talked about very often. And and the churches that I've been around, you know, a lot of it is talking about praising God and our salvation, but not a lot of it is talked about like the the minefield that is like life and that the devil creates for us right and i so i just i kind of hope that that this helps you guys and 
guides you a little bit through that minefield, although um, it most certainly is not enough. So continue to, to read and, and pray and, and find things, you know, explore, um, I encourage. So yeah, that's, that's all we've got. One last little thing. The merch is up. It's finally done. The coordinate collection is out by the time they're hearing this. Um, it's not out right now. I was gonna say what? <laughs> yeah, it's not. We're working on it now, but it will be out by the time this podcast is out. So, check out the description. We are so excited. Dope. We're so dope. It, this has been what four months of like? Yeah, it's been long. <laughs> like hard work of trying to make sure that this we get a good product for you guys and build the website well. All of this stuff. So, um, I mean, even if you know, even if you don't want to buy something, check out the site. Let us know what you think of the site. Um, if there's anything you would change. And then, like, spread it, you know, just even if, even if, you know, you're not planning on buying or you're not trying to, you don't have to sell it to people, but just spread the message. Cause I think that that's the entire point of us. It's like, it's less about the fact that you're owning the shirt and more about what's on the shirt or the, the hoodie or whatever. Yeah. Talk about those things. And, and we're really proud of what we've done here. So, yeah, please check it out and let us know what you guys think. Also, keep up to date with the Instagram. Um, we, we try to throw out updates there more often than we will on uh, Spotify and iTunes and, and YouTube and whatnot. So um, we appreciate your guys' support as always, and uh, we hope you enjoyed the episode. Thank you. See ya.